Okay, welcome to Craggy Rugby Podcast. It's the Dragons Home Edition. Five points needed tonight, William. Yeah, it's another one of Pat Lamb's ten cup final type games. There's no wriggle room. They have to put these guys away. They've got to win. They've got to get a bonus point. They certainly do. They've picked the strongest side we've seen in quite a while. I think it's really only maybe Bundyaki missing from it. Yeah, it's a strong side. They had a good win last week in Cardiff. It's a good night for rugby here. It's great. I've never seen a bigger crowd in for a Dragons game. It's a month since we've had a home game, but the place is really jammed. So hopefully they settle in. These guys are down at the bottom of the table, but they did turn us over in November, so we owe them one tonight. We certainly do. We'll talk on 20 minutes. Okay, William, just coming up to 20 minutes. Been an excellent start. 14 points to three for Connacht. Um, we'd like to see a bit more of the same. Yeah, they played very well. Uh, some great ball in hand skills. First try after a period of nearly five minutes of continuous rugby. Uh, it's fairly free and easy sort of game. This referee, Nigel Owens, maybe letting a few things go, but it's helping the spectacle a bit. Uh, Connacht well in control here and... Uh, They'd be looking. They'd be looking really if they can close this out by half time. I agree. We'll talk again at half time. Okay, half time, and Connacht still lead, fourteen points to three. Uh, thrown away a few chances there with drop balls, William. Yeah, it's been a l- l- lack of accuracy has caught them. They've played w- well enough at times. Some of the rugby is a bit. Uh, Maybe a bit overexcited in my in my in my view. I think that they were just going through the phases a little bit more. I think that's enough to beat this side. But they've gone for the million dollar pass a couple of times and it just hasn't quite worked. They're well in control. They just need they just need to make sure that they don't get distracted because dragons are only eleven points behind. Yeah, early score in the second half just to settle it down and kick on for the bonus. We'll talk again on sixty minutes. Okay, William, it's now 60 minutes gone, the score is now 14-9, and the Dragons own that quarter. Yeah, they absolutely did. Um, Connor just made too many mistakes, the line-outs misfunctioned, they haven't taken a couple of chances, and the Dragons have just played themselves, I mean, allowed to play themselves back into this game. We're starting to look a bit edgy and a bit twitchy. Uh, still got loads of possession. So you think if they would just settle down, they can, they can, they can close out this win, but... Uh, Dragons have got a little uh, little bit of room to manoeuvre now. They certainly do. We brought on Tom McCartney and John Cooney. That might settle things down. Yeah, I think so, because it was getting very frantic. It's been frantic all the way through the game. We've had a lot of possession, but a lot of the play has just been... I wouldn't, it's not quite calling it showboating, but it's been over-elaborate, yeah. and it's got us into trouble with just passes being missed and knock-ons occurring. So this is, this is a much, much tighter than it should be. It is indeed. Let's hope we have better news at full time. OK, William, full time. 14 points to nine. That's a disappointing win. Yeah, that was a very flat end to that game. Um, Connor controlled the first 20 minutes. And then the, uh, their belief seemed to drain away from them a bit. And it just got messier and messier. And they didn't get the job done. They should have been getting a bonus point there. They've got a win. They've got four points. Needed five. But at least they managed to hold on. But there's something... That was poor. That was poor at the end. They're going to say that the Dragons are this and the Dragons are that. The Dragons really aren't a very good side, in my opinion. And um, other teams will put them away 
lot quicker and a lot more simply. Yeah, I'd like to have seen James Cannon come on a bit earlier because it looks like the, you know, it seems like it should be a brilliant second row partnership for Brew and Delan, but it, it doesn't work. When Cannon come on, the line-out started to work and we needed that earlier. Yeah, we did. The line-out was, uh, was poor again and Matt Healy had a difficult game in the air with kicks. It's, uh, it's very deflating after last week. At least they didn't lose, and there was a period there when it could really have gone as bad as that because apart from a couple of chances in the second half, we didn't look like scoring. We didn't score in the game for 65 minutes. Yeah, we didn't. Well, we're a little disappointed. We'll chat with Rob later. So full-time, Connacht won 14 points to nine. post-game section of the podcast I am Rob Murphy and that wasn't very impressive Packy's with me hello Rob William's with me evening Rob Alan's there hi Rob they've been introduced already and Lindley and Dave are on the way let's get it started though let's get this party started it wasn't much of a party boy were the crowd kind of quiet and grumpy in the second half because at the end of the day I, you know when they announced the attendance that was funny 5,120 and everyone went hey yeah, six, six thousand. Six thousand. Six thousand one hundred and twenty. Announcing going BFM is five thousand. Not sure how that happened. There you are. Who announced that? But the crowd have every reason to be unhappy. Yeah. Um, there was a bonus point thrown away there, I believe. Um, just which you've been hearing some stats there. The yeah. that's a bananas number line breaks. And but we just nineteen just, three. But they just didn't protect the ball when they made them. Seem to try and score every time they made a break. Um, if we if we had to protect the ball for a couple more looks, three times we'd have had three more tries. I would say. Yeah, I don't understand, Alan, why we don't and Ireland and Connacht and Ireland don't consolidate once in a while when they make a big break. You know, I'm going to criticise Caelan Blade here for no particular reason. He was just one of many because he had a good game. But he got into the 22 and he he forced the offload. When God forbid, if he gets tackled, you've just made 80 meters. How bad? How bad if you go through another phase? Yeah, it does. It's just this decision making. You know, it's guys getting excited. It's sort of white line fever, maybe you could call it a little bit Pat as well. Said too many 50 50 passes. I haven't heard him say something like that. Yeah. He usually says, oh, it was the right decision, the execution wasn't right. No, he said too many 50 50 passes. I, I suppose the problem was you had four minutes and 23 seconds of solid play, and we scored a brilliant try at the end of it. And within 10 minutes, we scored a second try. Excellent play, you know, throwing the ball around. It's excellent, and and so it must have got into their head that we just have to keep doing this instead of just alone. Okay, now we've got two tries in front. Now we're 14 minutes into the game, two tries. Let's just calm down, make sure we just move on and move on. And we didn't quite do it. We didn't really throw the ball around though for the for the first try. We worked very very hard, and we did for the second try. There was a lot of hard work, a lot of hard graft to make the spaces through the phases but after that it just became a bit of a sort of a bit of a duck shoot it was throw it around see what's what's going to happen offloads a lot of stuff done at speed and mistakes made and start again and get field position but there was no real there was no real plan to it it just got more and more unplanned and then it sort of it sort of seemed they seemed to wear themselves out and they came out after half time and kept doing the same thing. But by that stage, the Dragons had kind of wised up a bit, tightened up a bit and felt, yeah, we, we've still got a hold in this game. And they're not a very good side. No, the Dragons. they destroyed by Munster last week and they just couldn't make any real major penetration. You want to say something? Yeah, the big problem, I thought, was that we couldn't control the line-out because that's really, we put, how many times we lost line-outs in our 20, or in their 22 was astonishing. 
we couldn't control it because if you get that line at home control it one or two times we did and gave penalties away for crossing and not, not setting up the, the roll and mall correctly and we gave the ball away that's huge that's how you tighten the game up that's how you slow it down I couldn't understand why James Cannon wasn't brought on when we made a change in the second row Alton Delan was brought off after 62 minutes and it wasn't James Cannon who came on it was a back row and we didn't that wasn't the problem the problem was in the line out when James Cannon did come on he made a huge difference yeah he's just a good target to start with never mind all his well it's not just that he reads things well he reads line out well he reads the opposition well he knows our call he knows how to call the line out is better than Alton and Quinn because that's the most obvious thing that's happened tonight they're two fantastic athletes but they're not line out callers that's for sure but that's that's been the season that's a season long problem and that's not good enough really no no. that's not good enough at all exactly though Cannon when he came on but he even read some of their line up it was a very unusual substitution I, I don't really I don't understand it at all myself it's bizarre, it was a bizarre game in some ways like that mm. but it was like uh, do you know how you hear Dale Sullivan going on about respecting the football I don't think they did no, no I agree Dave's here evening who would, you, who would you grab in terms of players in press conference? We got Jake. Uh, Jake was a lot more positive than Pat. Uh, but not <laughs> like ridiculous, not, not, sweet, not, not ridiculously so. Uh, sweet as bro, I think we'll find. Or is it cuz? These are the questions we need to answer. Um, <laughs> the, the listeners aren't au fait with our direct messaging on, on Twitter. But yeah, we were talking about uh, getting our New Zealand slang up a little bit for possible new coaches coming. He, he, to be fair, Jake was, he was, he was, he was, he was talking about what went wrong. But he was actually trying to big up their back row. Um, they were brilliant. Yeah, they were Nick Cold yeah. Griffiths. Uh, no, Griffiths. Griffiths. What a player. Oh, he's Griffiths. something else. But he always has been, yeah. He, yeah. He, since he broke in, was it last year? He broke into the... Lindy's <laughs> here. He broke into the squad last year, but he's fantastic. Well, Excellent Welsh under 20. He's, he's a serious, serious talent. I thought he was outstanding. Yeah, really impressed with Ali Griffiths. If we have any Dragons listeners, I, we're impressed. Another, another substitution that was, didn't make any sense was taking him off. Because they brought on this guy Kelly, who doesn't, who is not half the player. They took they took him off. Um, they took off. They made a good call. They took off Landman at halftime and brought on Corey Hill, who's been with the Wales squad, and he just seemed to just take over. He was much better. Um, yeah, Jake. Jake was. Jake, Jake says to see something very honest. Is he with that? And I just simply asked him, "Do you think that was good enough against Drivizio?" He went, "No, no, no, it wouldn't be good enough." And that's that's how it is. Like I say, he's more upbeat than Pat, but there's a realism about that. It was just. Not good enough. Okay, we're building towards the interviews, but Lindley McKenzie has just joined us as well. Welcome along. Evening. A lot of disappointment around here for a 14-9 victory. Unusual. Well, I think that was one of the, the questions, really, is that a couple of years ago, we wouldn't be disappointed with a win. <laughs> and, and we are now because, not just the fact that we didn't get a bonus point, but because it's not the performance we've come to expect from Connacht. Yeah, a lot of frustration there, but it just was strange. I was saying it was a fine line. We'll hear that in the question as well. Because it is fine lines. I mean, two passes go to hand, and it's more like, oh, good bonus point, but we can do better. But instead, it's just genuine. A lot of, I'd say close to anger in that I would yeah. imagine, judging by them walking off. Well, I'm not so sure about anger. I don't think. I, I think just more disappointment, and they're probably trying to work out themselves mm. how, yeah, better how, better how better. it, how it, it came to be that they missed so many opportunities or wasted so many scoring chances because it just it, it was a sort of a performance that came out of nowhere when you consider the, the, the first 14 minutes that they looked so confident and competent on the ball and then to have so many opportunities that, that, that they missed so I suppose they're going to try to work out Pat seems to think it's individuals not in the right structure, the right shape 
uh, not knowing when to pass, not knowing what sort of pass, not knowing when to hold. He mentioned 50 so, 50 balls, which is unusual for him mm-hmm. to mention because usually he says, Look, I like what they were thinking, the execution just wasn't on. But I think he was annoyed with the, with the decision making. Yeah, he seemed, that he, he seemed to be um, upset about that. And I said, I mean, and, and then Jake said, Look, you know, they just have to go through the, the review and have a look at the tapes and see you know, see exactly why and where and how it happened, you know. But I think, at the, at, you know, it, you have to take the positives. Look, I think Jake also alluded to the fact that, you know, and we had to remember that we actually lost to this team, Connacht actually lost to this team over there earlier in the season. And Jake even said himself that, you know, they are a good team and a couple of the players did make life very difficult for them at the breakdown. So I... And remember that that new the, the Dragons team is a team that like kind of used to be like a few years ago, that they that it was all a confidence thing that they played good rugby, mm. and let's face it, had we got the scores, had Connor got the scores in the first half and got the fourth fourth try, we would have blown them off the park at the end of it because their confidence would have gone down. The fact that we that Connor didn't, their confidence rose, and they they're 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 they're, they're, a, they're a tidy bunch of players. They're they they're, I hope they're. You know, they could do some damage to some people, you know, on some on some teams. Okay, so I really fully agree with you. And at the same time, you have to we have to say though, we should be winning by forty points. Oh god, yeah. Oh no, there's know, the point drops. Anyway, disagree. Uh, yeah, yeah uh, there's, that's all. That's all true. Mm. But still, it's still a, it still is a point drop. No matter what way you look at it. Um, we, for me, this was two teams in the bottom half of the table, and we have aspirations of winning six in a row and getting back up into the hunt for top six. We're not on the basis of what we saw there. These two sides are where they belong in the table. Yeah, Connick probably the best of the bottom six for sure, but nothing more. I think so. I think so. Um, yeah, like I thought, the winning Cardiff would kind of maybe kickstart yeah. things a little bit. It didn't. It didn't yeah, seem to though. I thought it, that second half, second half in Cardiff was a real turning point yeah. in in Connacht's season, and the offloading and some of their play was absolutely superb. And I, and I expected to see that again here today. Yeah, Dave, do you think the Connacht team have got? They mentioned last week that they were looking at the opportunities that are coming up for victories. Do you think they're nearly? You know, looking at the mountain ahead of them and thinking we need five points here, five points here, five points here, and not just focused on the two minutes in front of them. Well, I think it would be nice. I mean, let's let's be realistically. In, yes, I agree with Packy. Absolutely, point drop, especially because there were five separate opportunities in the first half. Thinking, how have we not scored a try there? One more, one more phase, one pass. Why don't we just consolidate the game? That's true. And then you're thinking. <sighs> You're thinking, but in terms of would that point really have made that much difference? I don't know if it makes any difference. In, in it would have made us a point closer to the car. Yeah, I'm not I don't, even. I don't think it's. I, oh, it makes a difference. Yeah, that's fine. You're, you just, can come back in a second. He's just being him. Um, <laughs> no, but I'm not even saying that because what we saw today was we, 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 you're hoping if we get a bonus points like that, just matches what Ulster did today. Yeah. I mean, the fact is that Ulster are 12 points, but we would need Ulster to drop three games. Now, Ulster are flaky enough to drop three games, but I don't know if we're good enough to. Let me bring you back yeah. though. Here's my point. I'm saying. Less to do with the, the actual points. I'm saying the team seem to be going ahead of themselves for the first time in a while. Lindy, you seem to agree. I'll bring I, you I, in. I, I, I tend to think that Did there's such be- such a difference between last season and this season. In the sense that last season they were like in the top four for I think all season. Yeah, so they could and take so, each point. So, so, yes, yeah, so they could take each each game as it came and they were they had the momentum yeah. this time they're trying to play catch up yeah, and I think psychologically sure. and I think psychologically that is quite a heavy burden. Great point. Last year, Glasgow, right, as champions, where where they started the season, like they, yeah, they went, went on a run, they did, and they yeah. they got to the con- final, as we know. Exactly, no, but their confidence went up, and they were. Connacht don't look confident. 
that no, confident at the minute. They, they didn't they build trudged, on last No, week they the trudged off the pitch. Like the Dragons came back into the game today when the the crowd started getting, you know, started giving out, getting on their backs. Like for all the line breaks, it was up here. There was a uh, there was a I don't know how many phases 10, 10 12 phase um, play down here on the College Road side and uh, it was just static runners going straight into the corner I thought uh, I thought we'd gone back 15 years yeah yeah I think the pressure could be taken off in Bicon if they announce that they have a new coach in the next week or so it would be brilliant like Jerry, Jerry Thorny announced uh, did a massive article on it. Well, he he he, he certainly uh, you know you know. He has the he, official book, so we're beginning to wonder well, and think to ourselves that he, he's, he's probably spe- onto something. Well, with he may speculate with a degree of accuracy. Yeah, that's what we. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, no, no, on, on, you know he, he he you know he was asked on on one of the rival podcast rugby shows that was out there. There's uh, others. There's others. I know. I know about what he thought was conduct, and he said he expected something within a week, and then the next day he writes a detailed article. Yeah. Article about um, a coach in New Zealand who you know I haven't looked at you know looked at what he's done and how where he's been and you know, read a few articles about him, looked at a couple of videos about him. I thought, yeah, this guy's got quite a nice fit for us. I thought there was a strict, craggy podcast rule that we are not allowed to speculate. And that was, yeah. that was who came up with that rule? I am pointing my finger here. Dude, I am pointing I my finger here. Yeah. It's I very much in Jerry Tony's. <laughs> <laughs> I warned, oh, I warned you there'd be finger pointing. I warned there you. Be two and a half Tom minutes of speculation there. Game. Tom Farrell played very well tonight. Oh, he's trying to get back to the facts. It's too late now. All right, about about six minutes ago, I tried to link to some audio. So let's go now. Here's Pat Lamb. Pat, I'm just looking at some of the stats there. Three times as much metres gained with ball in hand. 19 uh, defenders beaten to three. A 96% tackle count for Connacht as well. And yet you're kicking the ball out right at the end. Happy to just get the victory by five points. Yeah, well, you couldn't. You had to kick it out because it was 30 seconds. You can't score two tries. Um, so it's about winning the game because an intercept would uh, obviously lose you the game. I think the... Um, I mean, the positives, we'll start with the positives. The win is, was good. Um, it's the first time this season we kept a clean sheet on uh, uh, anyone's crossing our line, which has been frustrating, you know, the amount of teams that get soft tries against us. So, And, you know, we scrambled well, and so our defence was, was good. But work-ons, you know, there's no doubt we, we, we lost the point there. Um, uh, we should have had, we easily could have had four uh, tries by before half-time. And... Uh, um, but rugby is still the same old game: win the ball, go forward, continuity, score tries, and we uh, we fell short there too many times in the second half, which meant uh, we had to rely on our defence. A lot of the things that were going wrong stem from the lineouts. Like, how frustrated are you with, with what's happening? I mean, it's fourteen from eighteen with the stats, but a lot was going wrong even after you won the ball. Oh yeah, I mean the lineouts. Is, is to us, it's 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 no point winning the lineup if we haven't got the delivery. You know, so there's there's, there's lineups that you win, but there's line, there's the quality of the ball, and that's what we mean. You, you need quality ball, um, you know, and then you need game line, and then you you know score tries or con- continuity. And um, yeah, well, I think we showed in that first first passage of play where it was quite an opening start, and we showed when we, we what we can do. But um, you know, we. we we, we let ourselves slip on attack this in this game. Would it be harsh to say there's a lot of disappointment around? Would you would you nearly say you know when you're winning a game against the Dragons, you're two in a row now? Would you nearly say you need to get past that? Uh, without a doubt, it's um, it's not harsh. It's mm. we we we're, we're even we're more tougher on ourselves. And 
there's no doubt in the change room. We talked about that. That it's um, that's not our standards, particularly the second half. We we had an opportunity before half time to to put that game away, and then we had it 40 minutes to put that game away. And uh, we left the fact that we left it right down to even the last play. The game could have gone either way. Is is we only got ourselves to blame for that. There was some spectacular rugby in the first half, some really, really good line breaks. Obviously, it looked like Farrell was really settling into that role alongside Ronson and O'Halloran had some big breaks as well. Yeah, but I think you've got to get used to, you know, all of that stuff's fine, but you, you still got to be, um, um, uh, still make good decisions. So it's not about line breaking and, and you know, and, and stuff. That's good, but the, the work on is you've got to finish those things off and some of our decision-making on when to pass, when to not, when to offload, timing of our runs, um, passing, throwing missed passes and we should have just put it through the hands. All of those sort of decisions were, um, you know, all built, added up to a, a disjointed second half. Treviso, a very similar team to the Dragons and obviously BG last year, so they're going to jump all over such mistakes the next Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. As we said it before, you know, you better prepare well, and there's some competition now. So, um, yeah, we've got a. Um, well, obviously, they, they turn around, but we're going to have to manage the squad because we go Sunday in Italy, Friday night here. So, um, it's, like, I understand people make mistakes as long as we go through the process and working out, you know, why, and then we can fix it during the week and or attempt to fix it. So, it's. Um, um, but, you know, we don't under his much of I've lost twice there since I've been over there, and it's uh, those sort of performances that, uh, you know, they're similar to when we were down in, um, in the Dragons or similar to the RDS, so you get a good start, and then we just let the game get loose and messy and allow the team to come back at us, and uh, um, we have to learn from that. Is there a quiet dressing room in there? Yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt, and, and, and rightly so, because... You know, we ultimately it's about our performance that we want, and if we want the outcomes that we want, um, then uh, you have to work hard for it and, and, and perform. Welcome back. There's post game audio there. Hope you enjoyed that. Okay, we've got to start to build towards the end of this wonderful podcast. I'm not sure it's our best ever. I think we're about as scrappy. Will we have a better second half? I think we will. Well, I hope I've got our second half to comment. Yeah, exactly. I just feel like it's developing in the same way. Okay, so will we speak a bit about Kieran Keane? No, we won't. His name is Kieran Kane. No, all right, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're changing his name already. I'm not changing it. That's what his name is. He might call it something different. But it's, right, he's, he's coming west. He's coming west. That's what we say. All right, we can't really speak much more about that. Lindy doesn't want to get involved in speculation. Although, just if I can just completely separate from speculation, tell me a bit about him. If he does end up here, our 63-year-old... I only know his biographical, biographical details. I only know that he was pretty successful in, in Tasman mm. um, alongside Leon McDonald, who I think who was his assistant. Mm-hmm. And, uh, a few people hoping he might head over. And I, and I have heard that he has been accredited with a lot of the um, good back play in, in Waikato. Um, with the Chiefs at Super Rugby. For the Chiefs, there. yes, in Waikato at the Chiefs. Uh, so that's about all that I actually have knowledge of him. You're back and uh, I'm sure you, you agree with Alan that it could be the change the conic need at this time of year now just to have that confirmation with the, the head coach in place for next season so they can just forget about oh, well, I the think turmoil the, the, well, it's, it's, not, it's not so much that I suppose it's it's just fodder for, 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 the, for the media I suppose, the people like me who, like, who can like... <laughs> <laughs> who likes speculating. Yeah. And I suppose that does get a, a, a bit frustrating because maybe sometimes if you analyse some of the names that have already popped up, then, you know, 
if you, if they're probably people who were never going to come here in the first place. So I think it's it might just it also might just settle maybe, you know. Uh, some of the the supporters settle some of the team and I'm sure you know if that person has been um, already been appointed that I'm sure at this stage that probably the team and uh, already know about it mm. um, so I, yes I think at the moment yeah they might as well it's you know it's, it's sooner rather than later I now. can't help thinking I'll start with William and then I'll go to Dave I can't help thinking that the John O'Gibb story which we spoke about in last week's podcast with Evan Allen maybe accelerated the need to get some sort of story out there about where it's going because you know Connick may well say he wasn't their first choice he wasn't necessarily their target but John O'Gibb's going to Ulster really got people going well what does this mean for Connick? Yeah, it did, I think, because it just sort of concentrated people's minds a bit. Uh, so we have a name, we have a story. We'll see if there's any, if it's if it's actually the business, probably fairly soon. Um, I just wonder, at 63, is this chap more likely to be a director of rugby type position? We seem to be... Head- the Les Kiss kind of, you've been upgraded in uh, a kind of a genuine... Well, it's it's like Leo Cullen. Is Leo Cullen a director of rugby? God knows. Exactly. He, I don't think he knows. But I have a suspicion that this is maybe the way the IRF are kind of going, that they want directors of rugby. Razzi Erasmus was brought in yeah. as a director of rugby. Absolutely nailed on. That was his job. And I just wonder, are they? is this kind of the blueprint that they want? They want a director of rugby, and then they want coaches under them. I fully expect that. Yes. I fully expect that. I'd, I'd love, but well, actually, I don't know. I'd, I'd love the sound of um, having Leon MacDonald here because he's a proven winner. Um, but I, I think William's right. I think I fully expect that to be the case. And what is? Can I just ask what is the purpose of having a director of rugby and a head coach and a backs coach and a forwards coach and an attack coach and a defence coach and, and a, a skills, skills coach? coach. <laughs> Works anyway. Kicking coach. Well, uh, no, I'm just no, yeah. I'm just asking. I mean, like. It, I, it might be all right for for Munster and Insta at Ulster because they've got you know a lot of money. Yeah. Um, but I'm not just not sure here in Connacht um, the role of the director of coaching, then a head coach, and then the other coaches that. I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. I, I just uh, I kind of agree. With, I, I no, I agree with what William thinks. I think this is this is the direction there. If you would like to go in. Um, as I understand it, a head coach gets to, when you have a director of rugby, your head coach gets to purely concentrate on coaching. And selecting the team as well? Yeah, I would say so. Uh, in the, no, that would be done. No, I, I don't. Well, you see, I don't think so because. I often wondered about. Because um, John Kingston, I don't think in Harlequins, I think yeah. that. I think it was. Connors, um, yeah. it was and David Humphreys in Gloucester. Yeah, yeah. I remember there was a team meeting in the room next to the media room when we were playing Gloucester, and then you walked through it. I actually, you know, you had to kind of get out of it, and the media, it was a very tight space. But yeah, David Humphreys was sitting in there ready to give the team speech. Yes. You know, he seemed to be in peripheral role visually, but not and I'm not, not sure if Mark McCall is a director of coach. I mean, I, I, Mark yeah. McCall's is similar. I think they have a very much more of a hands-on. So, I, as I say, I, I don't know that. I don't know that. But what That's I'm saying what? is, I'm just not know. sure about this extra role that we are bringing in, into into Connacht or at, or in the rest of Irish rugby. What is its purpose? Yeah. Well, I've got a few questions. One is a genuine question. If it is going to be Kieran Keane, if it is going to be Neil McDonald, do they have to work out a notice period in New Zealand? I mean, that's, that's genuine a question because I don't know whether they, uh, would that have to happen. Secondly, we're talking about directors of rugby. I think one of the biggest issues we saw with Munster at the start of the season was it didn't work. 
it, there was just a huge, seemed to be a conflict of interest between Razi Erasmus and, and Anthony Foley. Um, I don't know if it's going to work in. I don't know if it's going to work in Ulster because I think if you have John O'Gibbs, which strikes me as being a very forceful character, and we know Les Kiss is abrasive at the best. Um, I also don't know how that's going to sit too well. Not necessarily that they're bringing in John O'Gibbs, but they kind of seem to have jettisoned Neil Doak and Alan, Alan Clark quite ruthlessly, and I don't know if that's going to sit well with with with. Um, with, Leicester, with with Ulster and when it comes to Leinster Leinster just don't tell anybody and I pointed this out when we played up there it was very unusual that you would have the nominal head coach everybody regards as the head coach walking around in, in jeans and a jumper and the person who is his advisor is out there leading, leading the drill I don't know if, if I, I agree with Lindy and I agree with the boys in the sense that I think this is what the RFU wants and I agree with Lindy in the sense that I don't know if it's going to work here I think if we are going to have a director of rugby it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you come director of rugby. There should be one voice, one head coach, one guy leading the training. And if you're a specialist coach, you're dealing with specialist groups. That's fine. Anything else? Anyone? Are we happy with that? Have we covered that? Yeah. Okay. What else? Are we go to any other business? Are we missing anything that happened the last week? Uh, no. I just watched Ulster look brilliant today. Watched the Scarlets do what they were going to do. I think I think any hope of automatic qualification is done and dusted. It's about getting seven to eight, bringing some momentum for a playoff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think the performance today again was Munster, who just keep doing whatever yeah, they're doing. I saw the end of it. They got to try in the seventy-seven minutes. They are just they're not, oh, they're unstoppable. Yeah, become a machine now, and uh, they'll carry that on in Europe as well. I think. Uh, I think there was a possibility of getting close to six. There is if they go on and run the results. Yes, but I don't absolutely. think I just I just think it's going to fall four or five points short. Yeah. I think they yeah. could beat the Scarlets here and maybe even take it to the last round. But I think the Scarlets are going to win three or four games. Yeah. I, I was lo- I was looking through some stuff. Bear Tom McCartney resigned and everything. The average age as far as I can figure of fellas that have signed on again for Connacht is 26 27 and that's that's massively important like so they can they can you know they can be long long term yeah, signing so that's seriously positive but at the moment I think with the way the crowd was here this evening the do the branch do need to send out a positive message yeah it was it was a sellout uh, crowd that's positive yeah. but it, the atmosphere was no a, a really positive yeah. one for uh, for the future like the biggest thing is since Pat Lamb I was going to say handed in his notice or gave notice is has been when is this going to happen when is this going to happen in Ulster for instance right they um, it was almost announced that Neil Doak and Alan Clark wouldn't be their contracts wouldn't be renewed and John O'Gibbs was named within a week I heard it the other way around. I heard Gibbs first before I realised this is this is a, the bubble I'm in. I heard the Gibbs was signed before uh, I found out that Doak and, and 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 Clark had been had been fired. Um, I agree with you. That there are some positive stories. We we don't make big signings. Some of our some of our best. I mean, James Callum was not a huge signing, but he's incredibly important to this team right now. We we I'm not. I know it sounds nuts, but. Yes, Ulster have announced who they're signing this year. They're signing, well, obviously they're signing John Cooney and they're signing this lad from South Africa uh, because what they need is another South African back row player. We know that Munster are bringing in the three guys. Uh, we, but we do, I, I'm not, I'm not, I know this is the time when Connacht used to announce signings. Because yeah. I remember a couple of years ago, they would every every Tuesday, it was week after week after week, they'd make an announcement every, just before every press conference and it would be a signing, a re signing, or somebody was on their way. But that died off last year and it hasn't been picked up this year it's just it's, it's, it's just new just part something people can talk about away from from what's happening on the pitch it's difficult to sign players when the, yeah. at the moment I mean it's not possible to sign players because obviously a new coach has to has, exactly. has, has some involvement I think what's really important is that really what happens on the pitch For, and that's get a and win I think that's, and I think get that's back on track. all yeah. the supporters want and I think that's all Connett yeah. want is just to to you know put your money on the pitch 
that's where you answer the, everything, and there will be positive em, positivity emanating from wins. And I think that's that's what Connacht really need at the moment. And I don't think we need anything else or speculation or any, anything like that at all. To back that up, the Fiers Van Rye was blaring around once Connacht got that penalty at the end. It was just that sense of relief. It wasn't. I don't think the crowd went home as grumpy as the players are going to go home. Oh, they did. Well, I think the crowd were pretty pretty aware of what uh, aware, pretty, pretty yeah. aware of the performance. Mm. I think as well, look, it'll just going to rumble on. But the failure to, to close out Europe, that would have given a real target. It's lingering around mm. April the first, yeah. April the second, that was the target. Yeah. Playing like Munster in Limerick, and the whole season would have been geared Agreed. up to that. I totally agree with you. Bundyaki coming back, all the excitement. All right, let's do any other business because we're out of time. Alan's over there. He's just gone on the phone. Go boss. Next. Nice to see Galwegians get a win today in Ballina Hinch. Good win. And good win for Sligo and Buccaneers as well. And Corinthians have a bit of work to do, but Lone is a hard place to go. Sorry, Becky. Corinthians have a lot of, hard, lot a lot of work, work to, to do. do yeah. Yeah. They do, but uh, hey, three out of four ain't bad. Go for it, yeah. I have any other business. Um, yes, yeah. Bear good. in mind that you get this out before Wednesday. Um, the Six Nations Trophy will be in Corinthians on Wednesday evening. Ooh, everybody's, everybody's invited. Nice. Drop on down to Corinthians Cobbas. Uh, well, I suppose we can't let it go without saying well done to Corinthians producing an Ireland captain. Uh, well, they didn't really produce an Ireland captain. They have an Ireland captain. Sligo produced him, but Corinthians have him now uh, in Killian Gallagher. Well done. Well done for everybody out in Clunacanin. Big one up for yeah. you. And uh, also having Big the one only, up for Sligo too. And also having the two, only two Connacht players in the under-20 squad both currently playing for Corinthians is another big up for, for the Corinthians. Um, okay, some other things. Uh, Can we just jump in there and say Ballon Rope had the guy on the bench as well, Gake in his first cap, Matthew Burke. Well done. Carry on. Absolutely. More male rugby people, the better. Um, secondly, we have to say the women's, the Ireland women's team. I thought an outstanding performance from Claire Malloy. Fantastic. And Alice Miller, every time she got the ball scared, the living bejesus out of the Italians, that we did make heavy weather of it. Um, third thing is six Connacht guys are in the Ireland 7 squads, including Jordan Conway, who's the fastest player I've seen. I mean, he makes Nihi and Matt look slow. And fourthly, Four. fourthly, very quickly, Joe Schmidt, pick form players. Look at the Pro 12. Who's in form? Pick those form players. If that means you have to have Adam Byrne and Jack O'Donoghue and somebody has to drop out, fine. Because Adam Byrne is the best back, in the, is the form back in the country. Jack O'Donoghue is the form forward. You saw what happened. You picked Niall Scannell and he had a superb game. How did, he, how did he get into the squad? By regularly playing in the Pro 12 and getting himself into form. Mm-hmm. Owen Masterson. Yeah. There's, there's not enough said about him. Yeah, and the 42.ie, great interview, Murray Kinsella. Yeah, no, uh, there's no said about I, I suppose oh, Future I, captain for me if he keeps it going. Oh, I would say for definite. Yeah. Alan said that ages ago. Lindy had it in an interview <laughs> last year. But I think and we can. Actually, I think when I get my interview with him, it'll be better than the 42. <laughs> you need to go national, William. You need yeah. to go national. Yeah. No, uh, no, just. I was, <laughs> He's beginning to think that. No, I, I was talking to somebody. National. Well. Yeah, yes. no, yes. people over in Siberia know his yeah, rugby yes. right in front of him. <laughs> no um, I, for own I know uh, no, somewhere, I was talking to, uh, about him with somebody who knew him very very well and we were just kind of discussing the injury that he had and he was explaining to me that um, it was a completely catastrophic injury I think it, it's almost a medical term for an injury that the injuries that he's had and we both said the same thing at the same time that if no I, I don't know him that well just remember him through the through the club was that uh, if anybody was going to come back from it it would be him so I'd really love no it's early days he still you know he didn't play but I'd really love to uh, live to see him make a goal again if you think about Owen Masterson Owen Masterson is the fellow who rang up Connacht 
yeah. and said, please, look, can I come down and show you what I can do? He's the fellow who was, one minute was playing for Scotland, one minute was playing for Ireland under yeah. 20s, and then was cast aside and went to play for Scotland yeah. to pursue Try his career. say no to all yeah, that. To, 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 pursue, to pursue his career. So it, it does not surprise me that Owen Masterson has come back from such an horrific injury, and let's just hope that it's, you know, he gets on and recovers. Nothing from William? No. Um, yeah, just a small thing, okay, tier, t- tier 2 rugby. Uh, great win for Germany last I weekend, beating Romania. Uh, and I think nine. Yeah, but I think nine of the team that won and actually played here two years ago for Germany against the Connacht Eagles. Nice lost. one. And that, they lost that game 55 0. <laughs> On that bombshell, Connacht should be in the World Cup, is the final. No, no, the Eagles, the Eagles should be in the World Cup. <laughs> Fair enough, yeah, our guys are busy. Thanks, lads.